Welcome to the West Point Church Podcast. Here you can find past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates as soon as those sermons are posted. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a good week. As we've been going through this series, I've actually talked to a number of you, and you kind of shared some of your giving stories with me. Uh, Gene shared a book with me by a guy named R.G. Letourneau called Movers of Mountain and Men. It's blowing my mind right now. I've been reading it. Check it out. That's a, that's a great book. Thank you for sharing your personal stories as well. I love to hear those. If you have a giving story, I want to hear about it. And next year when we do this series, we're going to share them with the whole church. So uh, that's not to scare you or intimidate you to share those stories. But I want to hear what God is doing in your life as well because that's, that's what this is all about. Uh, he's so faithful. He's so good to us. Um, this morning, I, I had a longer message prepared and then um, I was going to show you a, a little clip from uh, Pastor Robert Morris, which we've been showing you throughout this series. And I uh, just felt really strongly this morning that I was supposed to show you the, the whole thing. So it's a long clip at the end of the message this morning. And in order to do that, I had to do some slashing of my message this morning. So we're going to try to get through just the foundation of this, and then I want you to hear uh, kind of his personal testimony uh, because it's just just an incredible thing. It's something that that uh, that just really really moved me. So um, before we do that, though, I want to share a little bit of the story of the last five years as as we've been pastors here for about five years now, coming up in January, and what God has done through this church and giving to missions. And I know some of you maybe know the whole story here. Most of you probably know part of the story, but I, I want you to hear this because I really think this is incredible. And I want to say this as your pastor, I am so proud of you as a church in the way that, that you have responded and have given, specifically given to missions. Uh, last year, our church gave about $75,000 to missions. All right. Now, I want you to understand this. Uh, the average church in America gives about 2% of their annual budget to missions. Our general fund budget or last year was about $250,000. So we gave about a third <laughs> of that to missions. That's unbelievable, okay? I want you to understand that is, that is not normal, all right? You people are not normal, okay? Our youth gave about $30,000 last year of that $75,000 to Speed the Light. Our kids gave $2,000, which was a record for our kids. We gave $10,000 to Priority One to help build dormitories in Myanmar last year. Another $5,000 came in, went to guest missionaries. And now this right here is the part that you probably don't know about our church. Some of you might know this, but... Um, before I got here in, in 2014, actually this happened I think in 2013, Pastor Tyler had gone on a trip to Africa, made an $11,000 commitment to Priority One. At the time, we, we didn't really have the budget to pay for that, and so our leadership team, and some of them are here, I think David was on the board at this time, and, and Luann and Joe, and uh, I think Derek, I, 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 it, Tom King I think was the other one. It all gets jumbled because um, board members change over the years, and, and they made a decision to pay out of, out of our savings account, pay that missions commitment that year. Uh, and Luann told me the next Sunday, church had an $11,000 offering. 
Now, I'll tell you right now, if we get $11,000 in the offering today, I will give Ann Reese a big hug because she's the one that counts our money. Because <laughs> that's a big number for us, right? I mean, that would be a very large offering for us right now. Now, keep in mind, when, when, when we first started pastoring here, our average attendance was about what's here in the first service this morning. Okay? $11,000, that's a lot of money. All right? And, and God honored their commitment and their faithfulness to, to make that missions commitment and to make that work. And because they were faithful with that, I believe that, that God responded in a huge way with generosity from his people. In 2015, I went to Africa. <laughs> and uh, I, I was a little bit nervous to do this because it was my first time um, kind of making a, a commitment. And so I committed to $5,000 and uh, went and presented that to the, to the church a couple months later and very um, tentatively asked us to, to give $5,000 to the project in Tanzania. And I had one person come up to me after the service, um, and this person would kill me if I actually revealed their name, so I'm not going to do that. But um, they said... You know, I know you, you promised $5,000, but the Lord put it on my heart that I was supposed to give $10,000. Do you think we can make that work? <laughs> I suppose we can make that work. So we ended up giving a little over $11,000 that year um, for our $5,000 commitment. The next year, I committed to more. I said, we're going to give $10,000. Our church gave $13,000. Two years ago, I asked our leadership team to do something stupid. Um, I said, guys, uh, we, we spend about $13,000 a year um, in missions commitments. And uh, that's monthly giving. That's monthly support for missionaries. I'd like to try something. I'd like to take that part of our missions giving and take the entire amount out of the general fund, out of what comes in on our normal offering, that we would just give that, and then anything that comes in above and beyond that we would give to projects. And in addition to that, I'd like us to raise it to a little over $20,000. You think we could do that? And they were stupid enough to say yes. <laughs> and so we did that two years ago, and I said, and on top of that, <laughs> I just really feel like this year we're supposed to take one week and give our entire offering to missions, the, the whole amount. Now, that's a big deal for us. It's not like we operate on a, a massive budget here. Um, so to take an entire week's offering and to, to give that away, that's a sacrifice for us, and we need to find space for that elsewhere, right? And we need to, to uh, be very careful with our spending. And so we did that last year and the year before that, and, and like I said, $75,000 came in. Now, I will say before um, 2014, when the board made that decision to, to give that money, our missions budget was $13,000 plus if we had a guest missionary in. So uh, it was under $20,000. So in the past five years, God has honored us and blessed us in, in a way that we've been able to more or less quadruple our missions giving. Now, that is an incredible 
testimony of God's faithfulness and your heart of generosity. And, um, you know, I brag about you when I talk to my, my pastor friends um, because I'm so proud of the fact that, that we keep doing this. And the thing is, like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so this year, I was in Africa again. And every time you go to Africa, it just ends up costing us money. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Mark Dean, who's going to be here next week, he, he asked that anyone who goes on one of these vision trips would commit $10,000. And so when we were in Africa, I committed $10,000 to this Priority One project uh, to build the Bible school, which we're going to share a little bit more about next week. Um, when I was at the Priority One gathering last year with Laura, um, I really felt strongly that God was telling us to increase that number. And so we made a commitment of $15,000 instead of ten, And we're going to try to raise most of that next week as we give the entire offering away. Now, in order for that to happen, like I said, $11,000, that's a big offering, okay? We've got about 1500 in, so that'd be about $13,500 that we have to raise by the end of the year. And uh, I'm telling you this now because I want you to be in prayer. And like you're going to hear in just a moment, um, obedience to the word of God isn't about giving a certain amount. It isn't about giving a certain percentage. It's about giving whatever God tells you to give. So I want you to hear this today and be ready when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And I'm telling you now instead of next week because I want you to have time to listen to his voice and to hear what he has to say. And if God tells you to do something that seems crazy, that seems stupid, I want you to understand that scripturally, that's normal. And God is always faithful in that. So I increased our commitment to $15,000. Our youth group said, hold my clean water well. <laughs> right? Some of you got that joke. That's what Speed the Light is raising money for this year. Okay, um, And they're, they're actually increasing their commitment, 15000 on top of what they gave last year to 45000 And, uh, you know, the other thing that, that people tell us to do is you don't, you don't do a missions project at the same time as you do a building project. But I say, you don't know my God. And you don't know my church, okay? Like, we're going to make this happen. We're going to be faithful in whatever way God tells us to do. And I want us to understand something, that if God in the future tells us to redirect the percentages of what we're giving to missions and uh, send it somewhere else and do something else, I'm fine with that. But as long as he's calling us to radical generosity, we're going to ride the wave as long as we can ride it. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're about here at, at West Point Church, because it's about the kingdom of God. And it's about being faithful. And if that means that we have to sacrifice in some area of our life, then I'm going to be willing to do that. And I hope you are too. Turn with me to John chapter 12. And um, interesting, I was debating between two different passages of scripture to preach on this morning. One of them was the feeding of the 5,000, which Pastor Michael referenced just a second ago. I decided not to go that route. And we're going to go to John chapter 12 instead and talk about um, one of the most generous gifts 
in the Bible. And, and the question that I want you to ask yourself today as we're going through this message is, am I a generous person? Am I a generous person? And then I want us to understand that through the context of what Scripture says. John chapter 12, verse 1, here's what it says. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served. Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table. Just imagine having a former dead guy just chilling at your table. That's, that's crazy. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. That's weird, okay? If anybody did that to me, I would be extremely uncomfortable. I don't know what Jesus was feeling in that moment, um, but she's wiping his feet with her hair, with perfume, and the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself and what was put into it. Now, two questions that I want to ask this morning before I show you this video clip. One, why would Mary give such an extravagant gift? And two, why would Judas be so upset? Um, I want to answer this with just two quick thoughts this morning. The first is that the enemy of generosity is selfishness. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. Now, we talked about this in the past. We're born selfish. We're reborn generous, right? Nobody has to teach a kid how to be selfish. Um, <laughs> and the, the truth is, the evidence of that is the, one of the very first words that children learn to pronounce correctly is this word that you all know what it is, mine, right? And when a child says the word mine, there, there are few things in the world that are more grating and annoying and frustrating than listening to them say, mine, 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 like, oh, it just bothers you. And, and inevitably, this is happening. This child is yelling, mine, 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 over and over again. And you walk into the room to see what's going on. And it's the little kids stealing from their older sibling, taking their toy or whatever they're playing with away from them, saying, mine, mine, mine. And, and the older kid is like, but it's my toy. I was playing with it. It just took it from me. And you, your response as a parent isn't about justice and what's right and what's fair. Your response is, just give them the toy. Right? Because we just want to stop that grating, awful sound. Like, that is our nature. Mine, mine, mine. That's who we are. But when we're reborn in Christ, we're reborn generous. He put a new spirit inside of us. He gave us his heart. And so now that, that generosity that he showed to us is now inside of you. Some of, some of us, it takes a little bit longer to work it out, but, it, but that is inside of you if you're a believer in Christ. And you know, most of us would say, in fact, probably all of us would say this, I want to be a generous person. Like, I want to give. Like, we all like the idea of generosity, 
Sometimes it translating to actually giving is another thing, but, but we would all want to be generous. We would all want to be extravagant. You know, what, what I think is really interesting is that word mine, which we just talked about. That's the same word that God uses in relation to the tithe. He says, it's mine. Maybe that's to break us of our natural inclination of selfishness. Now, um, we just took an offering a second ago, and I, I want to ask the question today. Did anybody take something out of the offering bag as it was being passed by? You're like, oh, that's a, that's a $20 bill. Thank you very much. Right? Nobody did that, right? Nobody would do that. None of us would even consider doing that. Now, let me ask you another question. This one's going to be a little bit harder. Is there anyone in here that is keeping money in their account that actually belongs in the offering? Isn't that kind of the same thing? Right? Now, I knew someone, I actually watched this happen once. I saw somebody actually make change out of the offering plate. They're like, I put a 20 in. I'm like, that's a little bit steep today. Take a 10 back out. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Right? Right, you know, that, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. But listen, don't, don't allow yourself to be caught in the trap of robbing God of what's his. Because you aren't willing to be faithful with what he's given you. So the enemy of generosity is selfishness. The second thing I want us to get is that the key to generosity is extravagance. There are a lot of extravagant gifts in the Bible. Uh, David gave extravagantly to the building of the temple. He gave in today's money what would be about $21 billion. That's extravagant, right? right. We, that number blows our mind. But you know what else was an extravagant gift in the Bible? The widow's might. Right? Jesus said that was the greatest gift because she gave everything that she had. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Um, Mary's gift, I want you to understand how extravagant this was. Now, Judas valued it at 300 denarii. He probably had a pretty good idea because he was pretty upset. (laughs) 300 denarii. Denarii would be, um, in Bible times, what was about a day's wage. Okay, so 300 denarii. Most people work about 300 days a year. It was a year's wage. Now, for you, would a year's salary be an extravagant gift because that's what she gave to pour over his feet now I'm not going to criticize Jesus but listen I think he was human just like us he had stinky feet just like you did and she took that entire bottle of perfume a year's wage and poured it onto his feet now what's interesting There's a reference at the end of this passage that talks about the fact that Jesus recognized that she was anointing him for his burial. Do you know that that's the only anointing that Jesus received before his his burial? Because they, they took him down off the cross during the Sabbath, so they weren't able to anoint him. And uh, so they were coming on Sunday morning with a bunch of spices to anoint his body a couple days after he had passed. 
But Jesus had checked out a little bit early. He didn't give him that opportunity. That was the only anointing that he received was that extravagant gift from Mary. Now, before I close and show you this, this clip, I want to ask you a question this morning. Is there a gift that can impress God? Now, our first natural response might be, no, what gift could impress God? Like, I mean, he owns everything. Like, what could we give him that would impress him? But there is a gift that can impress God. 2 Corinthians 8.5 says this, And this, not as we expected, but they, and this is the Apostle Paul talking about the apostles, the other apostles, he said, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. The gift that impresses God is when you give him yourself. When everything is under his control. Now, there are three levels of giving, three types of giving in Scripture. There's the tithe, there's the offering, and there's the extravagant gift. One pastor had another way of putting it. He said it this way. He said, there's the tithe, there's the offering, and the painful offering. <laughs> but when you give your heart first, no gift is too big. Growth is learning to say, God, whatever you would have me give... I'll give it. Then you don't need to worry about whether you're doing things right, whether you're following the rules of the tithe, whether you're, you're um, giving the right percentage, because when you give out of the abundance of your heart, when you give God control over everything and you're obedient to what he tells you to do, you don't need to worry about following the rules. Right? Isn't that the message of the gospel? Like he did away with the law. The law was fulfilled by Jesus Christ so that God's grace could take that place for us. And in the same way now, we don't operate under the rules anymore. Right? Now, it's still important to understand principles and to understand why we do what we do. But the, the, the truth of the matter is, if you have a generous heart, none of that matters.